Hey everybody, welcome to the Evoke Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Hausler. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. These short 8 to 15 minute podcasts cover a wide range of topics to help you get faster. Whether you're looking to win a national championship, finish Leadville, crush Tulsa Tough, get on a Gravel Worlds podium, or simply drop your friends. If we've never met, I'm the co-founder and president of Evoke Bike. I've been coaching athletes since 2010, and I've trained with power for over 150,000 miles. I've also won three Masters National Championships, but I'm mostly proud of my nearly 100 Pro 1 podiums simply because it shows my consistency in the game and my hunger to get better for not only myself, but the Evoke community, which includes you. If you enjoy these podcasts, please leave us a review on Apple or follow and download the episodes from Spotify. And if you want to take your support to the next level, please click the support link at the bottom of this podcast where your donation will help us pay for everything that helps to keep this free podcast going. Now to the show. Hey, everybody. This podcast is about how shifting your goals along your journey through cycling can sometimes feel a bit weird or there might be a little bit of pressure that we put on our own selves to kind of stick with what we're doing. And I had just posted on Instagram a photo of my race calendar for 2022. And if you've listened to this podcast before, I've talked a lot about refocusing fully on road, getting back into the crit scene a little bit. Something is just pulling me that way. I don't really know what it is, to be honest with you. Uh, But You know, gravel just is a, it's a great discipline and part of the cycling sport, but just not something that I'm massively in love with. And so I want to shake things up a little bit. And I had someone message me about that and ask me, I don't think they've listened to the podcast, just like, hey, why are you giving up gravel? And, you know, does that change things for training? And it actually coincides with an athlete that I have who is mainly an ultra endurance athlete, does super crazy long rides. And he had emailed me and was talking a little bit about that he might want to let that part of his riding kind of move on a little bit and thought, hey, I've seen you do some Grand Fondos, these 100-mile rides, you know, these are like his medium rides uh sound kind of fun and even you know going and going for a weekend and doing back-to-back 100s or just leaving the eight nine ten hour rides behind uh leaving him a little bit more time for maybe a couple group rides and really at the end of the day we came to the point of we want to find something that works for life overall which includes family work and the bike and so a couple things that I went through of deciding to change my road is simply that the races that I really wanted to do well at 150 miles, 120 miles, 200 miles, you really need to put in some big rides to train for those, whether it be six hours, seven hours, really maybe like a nine hour ride for these 200 mile races. It's a very, very, very large time component, but also energy component. And for me at age 40, if I go do an eight hour ride, it's, I'm pretty rough the next day. Um, you know, I'm not going to lie. I hate to say it, but just recovering a little bit slower than I did when I was 30. And 
we're super busy with work like everybody else in the world and I'm married now so I want to be a good husband. I just don't want to give that much of my life to gravel racing and really more so to huge mega rides that would that I would feel like I had to do. Because if I go to these events, I want to do well. I want to put my best foot forward. I'm not saying I'm not going to do a seven-hour or eight-hour ride. And actually, Landry and I have some crazy ride cooked up for in September. But I'm saying I don't want to feel the pressure that I have to go do it for the events that I'm signing up for. So, you know, road races are hardly ever more than three to four and a half hours, maybe five at extreme cases. If you're lucky enough, you know, I feel... Very fortunate to have been able to do Vuelta Ecuador, which had some really long stages. Sure, doing some longer five or six hour rides is great, but those are at the you know longer end of things. So the need for the huge mega rides for me is gone, and it was quite a relieving feeling. You know, I I just felt like focusing on road, something that I really loved or love, made more sense for this year. As opposed to, okay, well, I'm going to do these races that I kind of like, but require the most amount of time. I just don't have the hours. Uh, let me take that back. I hate when that that's, goes along the line. I hate when people are like, I'm swamped. I'm busy. Guess what? Everybody's busy. Like you choose what you do with your time. The hours are there. I don't want to make the hours because that means I'd be taken away from work and I wouldn't, I'd be taken away from being a husband and I'd be taken away from all those other things that I just said I want to try to be good at. So I was talking to this athlete and I said, hey, all of this aside, these, and I don't want to talk you out of this, these ultra rides you know are a huge commitment. Not only do you consistently need to ride in order to be your best like any cyclist, but you have these super mega rides to prepare for the event. You also have the whole aspect of these pit crews. He's very into it, so he'll do overnight riding. He'll do overnight gravel riding. I mean, it is not only a beast to complete these things, but his training schedule is 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 stout, <laughs> is really, really stout. So I said, way in your head, how amazing does crossing that finish line feel compared to all the things that you put into it? You might be like, hey, I'm putting these things in and crossing that finish line feels tw- like it feels so worth it. Like I, it, the payoff is massive. Okay, then maybe that's still for you. But does, at the same time, on the other side of the coin, does it feel much better than when you go complete a Grand Fondo with some friends or, you know, he's married? So what about the fact, like, you could go to a cool city, go to a Grand Fondo that maybe starts at 7 a.m., you're done by noon if you really, really hustle, and you're not gone all day. And you can go, you know, you can prepare for these with much less training as well. There's so much that you can accomplish by riding a bike for four hours as your long ride. You know, when it's it's nice out in the summer, get your butt up, get out the door at 530, be back at 930. Now you have the rest of a weekend day to spend with your wife, your family, with whoever else is in your life. Like, what a weekend. It's awesome. And then... The other nice piece to this is, say you want to go away on vacation, or it doesn't even have to be vacation. Say you go for like a weekend trip. Bringing the bike can often be a a stressful thing.
thing because the person's thinking now you got to go ride five hours you got to go ride six hours that's when you can the the long ride don't make it four hours and be like i'm gonna go out for a quick ride this morning get your butt up at five get us or get up at four and if this is going to wake the other person up maybe you need to figure out the timing but work around your spouse here get up get out the door be back by eight be back by 8 30 i mean there's times that i've gotten back so early that i know chris is thinking damn i'm really just getting going and this dude just did like a three-hour ride he's more proud of me than tapping his foot thinking like where have you been i mean that just sets the day off in a really really great spot i got my ride in i'm super stoked he's like i'm just getting ready like you're back earlier than i thought I don't want to talk people out of super long riding at all. I don't want to talk people out of gravel. I want to I want to talk people into doing what you really want to do that works for you. You know, I think in talking to this guy on Instagram, he's like, you know, I know you have a gravel bike and you like used to race gravel and you did really well at Gravel Worlds and you put these blogs out and I know you were going to go back and you, you know, you came in like 30 something and then blew up and then you got the KOM and you came in fifth and like it sounded like you were gunning for that thing. And I was. Gravel Worlds was a huge, huge goal for me. Um, and that was before the pandemic hit. And things change, right? Like, I'm, I just, right now it doesn't fit in my life. And that's okay. And I don't feel pressure to go back and like finish, finish something that I don't want to go finish. And I think it's sometimes, <sighs> I remember, a bike racer that really did not like a very big stage race up in the Northeast. And we kept talking. I'm like, why do you go to this race? You don't like this race. And the person had put so much pressure because, you know, there were, there was Killington stage race. There was Green Mountain. There was Catskills. There was, there were a few, there was a handful of them. And the stage races were a big deal uh, for, that region at that point in time in like the mid 20 teens like everybody went to the stage races and just didn't like it didn't fit i'm like dude why do you come to this race like don't don't come because everybody else is coming come because you want to go like you should be leaving the weekend stoked for the next time you get to come back not relieved that it's over and i just want you to do the same thing with your training and racing you know it's you got to love this. And there's so many ways to love it. Don't let the hobby take over in a weird way that you're not pumped about it. So I don't know if this makes you any faster, (laughs) but it does because you're going to be your fastest when you're at events that you want to be at. The end.